Yo, we're back once again. Episode two or four. <laughs> Technically, episode four, but it's episode two of this bunch or part <laughs> part two of the. It's very confusing. No one really knows. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, we're here to do. The last two of the Batman movies we had planned, which would be uh, Batman Bad Blood and Batman Hush. So that'll be joyous and fun. Um, no real news to talk about, because it's the exact same day we filmed the other one, where I already said I wasn't going to talk about the news, so we're just going to move right into the movie. Um, so Batman Bad Blood is the first movie we've watched that is not... Te- or first animated movie, let me stress, that we've watched that is not based on a specific storyline. Um, it's just, they pretty much did their own thing and they took bits and pieces from like five or six other storylines, which is a complaint I will bring up much later. Um, but it's it's mostly original. Uh, before I watched it, all I knew about the movie was that uh, Dick briefly becomes Batman, uh, that Batwoman shows up that Batwing shows up, and I thought maybe they were vampires involved. Uh, I learned that wasn't true. <laughs> there, there was no bat. There was no vampires. Um, but yeah, uh, this one came out in 2016. It it was the first uh, film appearances of Batwoman and Batwing, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, the second Batwing, not even the first one. They skipped right over him. Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> and it, far as I know, it received like okay reviews. It was uh, it was fairly popular when it came out. It was a lot less like derided than the other ones had been, if I remember correctly. But I'm not a hundred percent on that. Katie, get off my keyboard, thank you. And this one is. Also, a direct sequel to Batman vs. Robin. I think they say that it takes place two years after the last one. Yeah. So it's been it's been a while. Um, Damien is still with the monks. Batman is still Batmaning, and everyone's having you know a good old good old time. Uh, and as we mentioned last time. Uh, Matt had thought he had seen parts of this one previously, and I had never seen it before before watching it, so it was it was pretty interesting. Um, the most I would say, if there's any comic storyline that that I would like refer this to, at most it would probably be Grant Morrison's final run on Batman Incorporated, uh, when he does the Leviathan story arc. The Leviathan is uh, a group that is led pretty much by uh, the heretic character in this. Um, I can't remember if he was actually called the heretic in that or not, but it's the same the same character, and he's much more important in the comic than he is in this movie, but he, yeah. <laughs> uh, all I noted about this one beforehand was that I have gotten used to Jason Amara's Bruce, I've gotten used to the Nightwing actor, and I'm hoping I'll get used to Damien. <laughs> uh, and it finally happened. 
I finally watched Hotch, and I was like, yes, we've made it. <laughs> I like him now. <laughs> so, only took four movies. But yeah. Only took four movies. Um, but yeah, so this movie starts right away with Batwoman. Uh, rather than Batman, we see Batwoman taking on uh, some villains. I don't know who most of them were. There was a rhino-looking man. Uh, there was someone I thought was Firefly, but then there was another person who was Firefly, so I don't know who the first Firefly was. And some other people I don't know. Um, there are a lot of like D-list kind of villains. You got like Electrocutioner, and uh, there, yeah, there's a Firefly there. I don't know if they're saying it's like one Firefly or maybe it's a group of them. But there's like a, also apparently like a Killer Moth person there that, too. So maybe that's it's just who it was. Yeah, Killer Moth and and Firefly. That makes more sense. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so. Like I said, the movie starts right away with Batwoman, and we get to see her kicking butt. And I personally have always really liked Kate Kane's comics, uh, especially the. I became familiar with her from the early graphic novel collections of like her first, her first few issues where she was introduced. Um, and then I also read her early New Fifty Two stuff, and I love all of that. Those are comics that I go back to and I read them again every now and again because they're just, they're just really good. Um, I had high hopes for the show, but I ultimately, I didn't really care for it. Uh, I tried watching like six or seven episodes and by then I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Is Kate Kane supposed to be the back woman from the uh, CW show? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, they just, they just went a different route with it in the CW show. Um, but yeah, so Yvonne Strahovski is Batwoman in this, and I love it, because Chuck was such a big show for you and I. <laughs> yeah. Sarah Walker was a, was a just a bright light in our lives. <laughs> I'd love to see her in more in more stuff. To be honest with you. Well, she was a she was a, I think she had a pretty big role in Hand in Handmaid's Tale. Uh, which more is a, more she, mainstream stuff. Well, that's that's a super mainstream show, and a lot of people really like it. I just never, I just never watched it. But it's it's gotten like a lot of Emmy nominations and stuff, huh. including one for her. Like, and it's based on a very popular book that I was supposed to read in high school, and I was like, no, I don't want to. And they're like, okay. <laughs> oh, the education system. Well, I do, I just, they just made me read something else, but yeah. <laughs> And uh, her dad, uh, Jacob Kane, is played by uh, Dexter's dad, which is also cool. Um, I know him as Dexter's dad. You probably know him as Dexter's dad. But he's also uh, Stefan and Damon's dad in The Vampire Diaries. He is um, uh, Jim Gordon's uncle in Gotham, which you're not there yet, but you'll see him when you do. Uh He's in a bunch of stuff. I like him. I'm glad. I'm glad to see he's doing more stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she's fighting this menagerie of D-list villains and starts to lose a bit. So Batman shows up and he derides her for using guns and then also derides her for wearing the bat. <laughs> and then a bad guy shows up. And at first, I was sitting there. I was like, "Is this Bane? Is this just Bane wearing a weird mask?" Uh, because it's just a big, muscly dude with a Batman mask, essentially. Uh, but then it clicked for me, and I remembered Batman Incorporated, and then it, 
I was like, oh yeah, this is the weird aged up Damien clone. <laughs> See, I really thought they were going to do a Jason thing. I don't know why, but I'm like, are they somehow going to be doing a Jason thing here? So like, I, I knew that I, when I said all I knew about the movie, I had at one point knew that they did the heretic storyline in this and I forgot. And as soon as I saw him after like my first thought was Bane, my second thought was, oh yeah, I remember they're doing heretic. Um, his like sidekick Onyx was also a pretty big clue because in the comics she is in the League of Assassins. So when I like it, it all the clues kind of clicked for me and I was like, oh yeah, this is it's heretic. Um, Heretic is pretty big in the comics because he actually ki- is the person who kills Damian Wayne in the comics. Uh, Damian was dead for like a year or two, I think, before they brought him back, but he did die. And uh, we kind of get to the mystery of this movie, which is essentially what the plot is mostly about. Um, Batman seemingly dies in an explosion. Everyone thinks he's dead, which is what brings Damian back from his monk vacation. Where he's apparently been, I guess, for two years. Uh, and Nightwing is fighting Blockbuster. Uh, I feel like Blockbuster, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a character who's in a, who I've noticed is in a lot of things, but they never really explain him. He's just kind of there. No, it, uh, no he's not someone I'm overly familiar with. Because he was in... So Blockbuster was in this. He was in Arrow. He was in um, Young Justice. He was in... I'm pretty sure he might have been in Teen Titans. I can't I can't recall. But he like he's, he comes up in a lot of stuff. And he just never really does anything. <laughs> Where did he... Is he uh, like a... Where's his origin? Like, is he a, you know, a Batman story? Is he a Nightwing? Uh, he started as a Batman villain, but he be kind of he kind of became a big like Nightwing villain. That's where oh, okay. he he got more known from. Uh, I always confuse him with um, what's his face? Oh, what's his name? Uh, come on, brain, you can do it. <laughs> Rhino. No, uh, it's another DC villain. Um, Brick. That's you know, <laughs> I always con- confuse Blockbuster and Brick. Uh, Brick is a Green Arrow villain, but anyways, Blockbuster shows up a lot. Is 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 my point? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too familiar on him. I mean, he's not in it very long. He gets like taken out pretty quick when Nightwing has his ongoing phone calls with yep. Starfire. We get we get second hella horny <laughs> phone call with Starfire and then Dick gets kind of like cock-blocked by Blockbuster <laughs> and Alfred calls him and is like, yo, Bruce has been missing for I think two weeks and then he's like uh, dad's on a hunting trip and he hasn't been home in a few days, so <laughs> Dick's like, all right, I guess I'll be Batman. <laughs> uh, and he, it's kind of, I like how they make it clear that it's like out of a sense of loyalty because like crime in the city is picking up and uh, they both recognize that like Gotham needs a Batman to, to get it back in order. So he, despite not wanting to be 
Batman and wanting to be like as far away from it as he could be. Uh, which is something he says, but he never really does, because but that's regard anyway. Uh, he steps in as Batman, which you know I like because that's one of my favorite uh, comic book runs, as I've said before. Is when Dick steps in as Batman, and and you've got to experience a little bit of that with uh, Black Mirror. Yeah, so good. Uh, but then my biggest gripe with this movie comes pretty much right at this point uh, when they show us a little bit of Kate's origin and then they also start doing Luke Fox's origin and I'm sitting here like I don't know why they keep doing this they cram so many stories into one movie when they are easily like they could have easily done an animated film just of Kate's origin and just of Luke Fox's origin they didn't need to cram all of it into this one movie because then no one gets the attention that they deserve yeah you know of all the movies we've watched throughout like, all these episodes the ones that i've enjoyed the most have been the very simple heavily focused ones and yet the ones where they decide to cram all these different characters in and all these like little random stories and stuff like that into an hour and a half it's just like those are the ones I find just so painful to watch. Yeah, I like like if it's if you're giving me a direct adaptation, then sure. But then you get into the problem that you have with some of the other movies, and it's a problem that I had with um, with Hush when we get to it. But they cram even if you're doing a direct adaptation, they you cram too much into too short a movie. Like it was like our complaints with year one, where it felt really uh, fast and all over the place in editing, in pacing. Yeah. Because they tried to fit in everything. Um, so it's like it's like we can't see they they don't seem to know what the proper thing to do is with these movies, other than like the Dark Knight Rises or I keep saying that Dark Knight Returns, when they're like we're just gonna split this in two. And we're gonna See, make the, two long that's the movies. perfect example of how these things should be handled, really. Yeah, or just like just make it, like just take it and make it a two-hour movie or a two and a half-hour movie. I know that's probably a lot of work for the animators, but if you're going to adapt the story, like do it justice. Well, think about this: uh, Son of Batman, Batman versus Robin, and Bad Blood, and I, I think there's a little bit of a gap between Bad Blood and Hush, but. Those first three movies, I'm pretty sure it came out year after year for three years. Yep, 2014, 2015, 2016. And they weren't weren't the only ones. No, they probably, yeah, they definitely weren't. So, like, if they had literally just taken one of those movies out of the equation and just spread the development time over, like, those three years, like, so two movies or whatever over three years, that would have been probably better spent than three really rushed. Because the other thing that's... Each of these movies, especially these three, um, they're very like League of Assassin-ish. There's lots of like beats to those to that uh, villain group. So if you're gonna do like essentially a League of Assassins trilogy in some form or another, I mean Court of Owls doesn't really work, but um, what do I get? What if, you mean? It's kind of like the first movie is Damien leaving the League of Assassins. The second movie is. Damien on his own. The third movie is the League of Assassins are back. Like, it's literally Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, like, if they just did something 
a little bit more focused along that mind like path that would have been better than this um because yeah with what you get you get all these characters crammed into one movie and it's just like where you could have maybe put one of these pure people in the first one or maybe in the second one or done something that way instead of just jam-packing it yeah it's and it's it's strange um one thing i did like though is um after dick decides to become Batman we get his first scene where he's acting as Batman and uh, I noted that it's like I've seen enough of Batman's fighting style in these movies that we've watched and in the other Justice League movies I've seen that I mentioned like Justice League War and Throne of Atlantis that I could now recognize that this is someone like even if you didn't like obviously we know that it's Dick but it's like you could recognize when you watch him that this is someone different because of how they're fighting yeah, like it's a lot more flips, a lot more like fancy kicks, a lot more twirls and stuff. Like, and I enjoy that 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 they did that. I also enjoy that um, he has a different bat suit. He he's wearing one of Bruce's older ones with the yellow symbol, rather than wearing uh, like whatever suit that Bruce would have been wearing at the time. So it actually shows that they reckon like they put some thought into the fact that he wouldn't have access to Bruce's suit because like Bruce has it. So he had to wear a different one, and I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's that's a... I don't think I actually noticed that when I was watching it, that he was wearing a different suit. But now that you mention it, like that, that makes a lot of sense, and it's actually really... Um, it's a nice little thing that they got going on there. Yeah, and it's kind of strange, because like, um, in the comic, when Bruce came back like from the dead quote unquote um he started wearing a different suit and he was wearing the one with the yellow symbol and dick was wearing the normal batman suit so it's a fun little swap (laughs) but anyways uh while dick's fighting here damien shows up to help and i like that damien knows right away (laughs) that this is dick and then we also see shortly after that batwoman also knows right away that this is not the same guy um, even though he does a pretty good like voice impression, yeah, when he's talking when he's talking to Batwoman. It, it's it's like it sounds a lot like Jason O'Mara. So it's like good good job, Dick. <laughs> no, I I've so far, anytime I've ever seen Dick step in and be Batman for a while, I just I love it so much for some reason, and he did a great job. Like the same reason why I liked him. Like the Black Mirror story, it seems very close in terms of how like Dick is in that comic versus in this movie, and how you can see the difference and like even in the movie hear the difference, but it's subtle. Like I, I thought that's so cool. I, I've been enjoying that a lot from what little I've had the chance to actually see it. Yeah, and I and I I, I it's it's I like I appreciate the fact that they they're like. They recognize, like, we're not stupid. Like, we know that's not... We know this is a different Batman. Which kind of escapes the point of why Dick's doing it, but it's also only the people that are really close to him that notice. Like, in the comic, uh, Commissioner Gordon notices. Like, he realizes that this is someone different. And then some of the villains do, but only those who, like, are super familiar with him. But there's just, like, the same thing with uh, in Return of the Joker, where the Joker realizes, like, you're not, you're not him. <laughs> You're bat fake. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how Kate has such a 
how she's able to pick up on it as easily though so they like that's what i mean like they they don't touch on kate's story at all because of the fact that they crammed in four other storylines into this like she is a competent detective because she and she's very smart she knows i'm pretty sure she knows bruce's batman in the comics um and she's like she's the thing that they don't get across well in this movie, I think, is that they've been kind of, like, bouncing off of each other for two years. Like, she's been around. Um, yeah. So he, she would recognize that this is someone different with how much time she's been, like, being around Batman and studying him. But they just don't do a good job of, of really getting that across, I think. No, because all they really do is he's got, like, a, a recording. Like, yeah, this person's Batwoman. This is a brief... Uh, breakdown of her story and i'm gonna keep an eye on her and it's just like so that's pretty left it still doesn't give you any explanation at all as why she's wearing a pet suit well yeah and it's it's yeah it's quite strange and like it also they don't mention either that like kate kane is related to bruce like they're cousins see i didn't know that yeah they're they're cousins and they don't mention that which is like there's a weird moment where he's talking about like keeping it in the family, and I'm like, "It's your cousin." <laughs> on uh, his mom's side. Yeah, on his mom's side, because his mom was uh, Martha Kane. Huh. Weird. Yeah. So it's like, I was a little confused as to why they were ignoring that, but yeah. Anyways, um, at this point of the movie too. While Bruce, or Bruce, while Dick and all them are doing that, uh, Heretic, Onyx, Rhino Man, uh, the Electrocutioner, and some other people go attack Lucius and Luke. Uh, Luke fights them off a bit, but then Heretic whoops his booty. And they take it, take them to, I guess, a vault, which is kind of like in Dark Knight Rises where Batman has his, like, all his stuff, like his armory. Uh... But but Dick shows up and has a real cool entrance where he hits Rhino with the car, and then he like shoots flares before emerging all dramatically, like in the the flashing lights. Yeah, really cool. But then he almost gets his dick blown off, <laughs> which was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, and then the electrocutioner is very quickly murdered by the heretic because he's f- going after Damien. <laughs> So that was interesting. Um, I, I feel like if I didn't know who he was then, by like at this point, I would have been like, oh, okay, <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, there's like, it, it sounds like we're flying through this movie because I feel like this like this is like pretty much the halfway point. It's because there's not really much to talk about. <laughs> no, it's uh, it really comes down to like. I feel like I'm skipping over a part of my head, but they really kind of just like they stop them. Luke, uh, Lucas gets the Batwing costume, like he gets it like made up. They discover like Batman is basically, or Damien gets captured, and you find out, like Batman's been captured by Talia and a group of like, the D-listers for a while. Yeah. So what happens is, because there is some other stuff that happens. Um... Lucius got stabbed during the fight, so they go to the hospital. Uh, 
where Luke realizes, like, he's like, I know you guys are the bat people. Uh, and he's like, you should fix this. And then we f- we see Bruce having a weird orgy dream. Uh, and then we get to see the Waynes dying again. <laughs> uh, but we learn that was all a dream, because as you said, uh, we find out Bruce has been captured, and the Mad Hatter is trying to get to his brain for something. Uh, and we learn that Talia and her Deep V are behind this. Uh, it's a weird turn from the last movie she was in, where she seemed mostly okay with Batman and Damien. And now she's like, nah... F the bat. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that because I'm like, she seems vastly different than what she was in the first movie. Yeah. Like the first one, she's like, yeah, spend time with your father, and you know, learn from him, be the best you can be. And then in this one, she's just like, yeah, no, complete opposite. Yeah, it's it's a very weird jump. <laughs> but. Well, I guess she does kind of say that she's going to be back for him, so... But it's still weird. She could have just said, like, hey, I'm back. I'm taking Damien back now. Yeah. Parental rights. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I liked about this scene is we get a nice line from uh, the, the Hatter when he's, like, trying to crack Bruce's brain, and he says that he defines himself by his pain. It's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> But we get a super weird cut, and another weird editing choice where Kate is like at the bar on a date, and then it starts with her quietly laughing, like she's just like, haha, and then she says she hasn't laughed like that in a long time. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's so weird. It's very awkward, and it's also have, a very blah laugh. <laughs> I haven't chuckled in so long. Oh, well, that's that was what, wonderful. That's what I know. Like I wrote down, I was like, she must not laugh much ever. <laughs> if, if this was a a noteworthy laugh. Uh, but we get like more of her backstory where we find out after she got kicked out of the military school, which they don't really touch on, but she got kicked out for being gay. Um, she is getting assaulted by men uh, and Batman shows up to save her and then he grapple hooks away. But if you watch it, they pan up after he grapple hooks and it shows that there's nothing above that his grappler could have connected to. <laughs> so he's just like grappling into the sky. <laughs> Classic. Very strange. Um, but as again, as you mentioned, Heretic shows up in the cave and he kidnaps Damien at this point with like a blow, a, a blow dart thingy. And at this, it was this, at this point I realized who his voice actor was. Were you able to... Did you figure out who it was? Or are you not too familiar? Uh, no, I really don't know. It's Roy Mustang himself. From Roy Full Metal. Full, Roy, oh, from, from Full, Full Metal? Yep, yeah, from Full Metal. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, this guy has a deep, dope voice. Why do I know this? And I was like, ah, it's Colonel Mustang. That's why. <laughs> huh. Weird. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I was literally just talking to Jenna about it uh, yesterday, about how I really want to rewatch Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> well, it's very good, so you, you should. Uh, but yeah, we get to, we get to the Batwing suiting up scene here, which feels very random and out of place. It's it's pretty like it's a good scene and like 
just like from a viewing perspective, but there's not much context to it. And it feels like really crammed in here rather than being allowed to breathe. Like, I'm confused. Is this a suit that was meant for Batman? Like that they were making for Batman? Or did Luke design this off screen with stuff that he saw in the vault? Or like, like what's, what's the story with this? And, and why is he taking it? And how is he able to take it? Like, yeah, it's thrown together very, uh, very quickly. I kind of chalked it up to like, maybe it was like a prototype, um, like Batman Beyond type suit that's just like in the vault, and he just like basically downloaded files or something like. That. He did like the whole Spider-Man Homecoming, where he, like his suit's all wrecked, so then he gets access to like the new Spider-Man suit. And he can build it with Tony's like 3D printer. I figured it was something similar. Like, hey, Batman had like Batman Beyond type stuff in the vault and he just kind of threw together the rest because it was very quick like there's no way that suit was not already made well he, and he makes it in the vault he steals his dad's card and he goes in there because you see that weird like spine thing that that was in the vault so he goes and yeah. does it there um but yeah so somehow i don't i don't remember how they find it but they they figure out that damien has been where damien has been taken and it's like a, a nunnery which they realize is a front for crime. And then they go there to fight the nuns who turn out the to be... The nunges. The nunges, yeah. That's what I was going to say Dick, Dick makes a terrible joke about nunges. <laughs> because, I think it was amazing. Because they're nun ninjas. Uh, <laughs> we do get a dope fight scene here, though, where the three bats kind of take on Talia's minions. Uh, so that's Batwing, Batwoman, and Batman, a.k.a. Dick. Uh but though, like, during these fights, a lot of the minions lose their fights from things falling on them. And, like, not from them actually losing fights. Like, I think th three of the... So Firefly gets smushed by a falling rock. The rhino guy gets smushed by a falling ceiling. Onyx falls off of a collapsing floor. And then I think Killer Moth gets smushed also by flying rocks. Nice. It's very strange. Um... <laughs> But I guess they wanted to kill them without the people killing them. But then, yeah, they, they save Bruce. Uh, and they they leave the, nun, the nunnery with the ninjas. And Bruce is upset. He's like, why'd you bring these people into this, dick? You, you dummy. And Kate's like, my guy, I'm literally your family. Like, let's hop on board the train, dude. Um... You know, but you know Bruce, sassy old Bruce. I wrote down here too. I was like, Kate is literally as pale as a ghost. This is my vampire connection I was looking for, because <laughs> there is actually a part of the comics where Batwoman does become a vampire. So that's my connection, and I'm and I'm sticking to it. There are vampires in this movie. Yeah, I'm still waiting for another uh, Batman versus Dracula story. Yes, yes. Apparently, that movie's really good. I haven't watched it, but. I want to. Um, but yeah, so we go to Kate Kane's home, and she has an underwear fight with her dad, and which is such a Sarah Walker move. Like, underwear fighting is Sarah's specialty. So I thought it was funny that they put this in. Oh, they must have done it just for her. Uh, that's what I was thinking. They must have. Um, which is where we kind of get to part two of the plot, I guess. Uh, which is like Talia is using Mad Hatter to brainwash people. And then we kind of realize that Bruce is also brainwashed because 
if he didn't realize this thing they stole from the vault was something that could take over all these devices he was giving people, then he's an idiot. So he has to be brainwashed because he's not that dumb. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess Tally's plan is to use the brainwashing to take over the world or something. It's not That's basically what it was. Yeah, it's not super clear. <laughs> it could have been clearer, I think. Hmm. I'm trying to... Did she actually want Damien back? I don't think so. It was, again, not super clear. <laughs> I'm trying to see. I'm, I'm pulling it up now because I can't remember. I, my notes on this movie are not great. Uh, Batman by Blood... <laughs> yeah, she doesn't seem like he wants him back. She, she's like, I think she was talking about how she's just gonna genetically like fix him even more. Um. Oh, there's something I completely forgot to mention too. <laughs> uh, Talia just straight up kills the heretic when they're rescuing yeah. Bruce. Um. So she, she made a clone of Damien uh, that was supposed to be like a better perfect soldier and then they accelerated his growth. Uh, and he was the only one of several attempts that survived. But he... Essentially he's soulless, I guess. And he wants to take Damien's memories and, and personality and have it implanted into his own brain so that he can be a real boy. Uh, but then Talia arrives and kills him. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's got no soul, and yet he's, like, clamoring for attention from his mother. No soul was just the best thing I could think of <laughs> to, to say. Um, well, it's pretty much true. He even says he talks, he's talking to Damien when he's hanging upside down about how uh, he's, like, looking for, essentially, a, an actual soul. Yeah, it's very strange. It's another one of those things. Excuse me, big yawn. It's another one of those things where they took a fairly big comic storyline character and they like they decreased his story so much where he was almost irrelevant. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so yeah, the, Bruce is holding a tech summit, I guess, where there's a bunch of world leaders there and Talia's plan is to take uh, over them all with brainwashing. And uh, she has Bruce brainwashed, and Bruce punches Alfred in the face, which made me kind of mad. Uh, and then we got one of the worst movie cliches, and I've complained about it before. I, I don't remember what which one I complained about it in. Uh, it might have been, it might have been one of the Avengers movies I complained about it in. But I hate the cliche when someone asks, "How long is it going to take to do this?" They answer, and then they, they, they're like, do it twice as fast. Like, she does it here. She asks the guy, she's like, how long will it take to finish brainwashing people? He says 20 minutes. She says, make it 10. <laughs> yeah. If he could do it in 10, he would have said 10. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. But uh, Alfred busts in, and he fights the two people in this room, and he actually does a really good job. I like seeing Alfred doing the fighting thing. And he manages to stop the mind control thing from taking over the world leaders. Though he does technically kill two people while doing it. Um, the computer dude gets electrocuted and then Mad Hatter's head blows up. But it's okay, because Alfred's Alfred. Yeah. 
I guess. <laughs> but uh, so Bruce is still brainwashed, and Talia makes him fight uh, Nightwing, and he fights and beats Nightwing, and then he then she's like, "Kill him," and then Damien shows up, and he's like, "Kill Damien too." So uh, he's like, "I'm not gonna kill my baby boys," and he breaks out of the brainwashing, and is gonna kill himself for a minute. But then Dick's like, "You're the best. I love you, dog." And he stops trying to kill himself. And uh, then Talia escapes, I guess. But then Onyx... Immediately crashes. <laughs> yeah, Onyx uh, sneaks up and makes her crash, and she seemingly dies. Which is, it's like, okay, sad, I guess. <laughs> well, like, that was the thing. One, did she just attack Talia because she's upset about Heretic? Yeah, and she's upset about Heretic because she was Bruce, one of his people. Bruce and uh, Damien are just like watching the ship crash, and neither of them did any sort of reaction at all. It's just like, yep, she crashed. Yeah, but they she's do, a bad driver. They do have a nice moment later where they're sitting in the garden together. Because it's like, even though she was a terrible person, she was still his mom. So they have a nice little talk. We don't really get to hear what they say, but we get to see them talking. Which yeah, is nice. Bruce can be like, yeah, your mother was crazy. She yep. was a bad example of what you do not want to be your mom sucked but she was she was you know she rocked that dv (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so this movie ends with bruce being like you know what let's let the two new people joy so the bad family grows by two members but then surprise we get a cameo of batgirl and the bat family has grown by three members (laughs) that was so confusing for me as well i'm like what are you doing here (laughs) Yep. She shows up in the last like two seconds. I'm like, you're useless. Yep. <laughs> so it's a it's a fine movie, but it's it's ruined by the fact that they tried to stuff at least four different storylines into one movie, so none of the storylines really get the attention that they deserve. Uh, and then they focus on a plot line that no one really cares about. <laughs> it's like, and they cram in. Now, three new characters. <laughs> if you count Batgirl, it's just a bit of a mess. Yeah, luckily enough, though, like, her reintroduction, I guess, in a way, was just so insignificant that it really didn't take away from anything other than just be like a last-minute WTF. Yeah, it, it, it feels like it was just a last-minute, like, stinger to be like, the family's gonna keep growing, but it's okay, whatever, who cares? <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, shoot, he says. But yeah, that's, a, that's it for Batman Blood for me. I don't, bad blood for me. I don't know if you had any anything you wanted to add. No, and I mean, like I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't make any notes for this movie. I wasn't planning on going over it too, too much. Um, for me, we basically covered it all. It, I, I remember watching it before and being like, Ugh, this movie is exhausting for me. Um, and it maintains that. <laughs> it really does. I was half checked out, I think. Uh, probably right around the time Damien got captured. Yeah, Because I'm just like, there's too many characters getting thrown in here, too much going on. But I really did love seeing uh, Dick as Batman, even for just a little bit. Yeah, that was that was like the best part about this movie <laughs> was seeing Dick as Batman and getting to see like how he does things, even just a little bit. Yeah. 
But yeah, so I guess we'll get to the next one. Uh, we're finally getting to the movie that I was looking forward to the most because it's this was the movie that I wanted to watch and it kind of spurred this whole, like it started this whole thing, this whole little adventure. Uh, 2019's Batman Hush. Uh, Hush is one of my favorite comic book storylines, pers- personally. Uh, I believe I've mentioned it in a previous podcast and I've mentioned it in our other Batman podcasts. Um this movie, they say on the Wikipedia, is loosely based on the story arc, and, and yeah, it sure is loosely based <laughs> on the story arc. Um, I I like I knew nothing about this movie other than the fact that it was based on the Hush storyline and that it was a sequel to the other three, but I was not expecting how much they were actually going to change. Some of it, some of the changes make sense, and I and I'll talk about those like when when I get when I get to them, like to that part of the movie. Um, if it sounds like I'm doing a lot of talking in this one, it's just because Matt accidentally didn't take notes on this one either. So I'm just kind of I'm just kind of leading leading this one through my own stuff that I had for it. Um, yeah, I, I was really looking forward to watching it, and uh, I watched it today, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Um, and I I pretty much finished it maybe an hour before we came back to record this, so it's it's fairly fresh. Uh, this movie, it starts off with a party, and we see Catwoman's there in a very chesty dress. She's trying to, to emulate Talia's deep V a little bit. Catwoman's being introduced into these movies at this point because, of course, she is. Uh, Catwoman is quite a major character in the Hush storyline comic, and like they couldn't really do Hush without her, so I, I like... It obviously makes sense why they're throwing her in now, even though she hasn't been in any of the movies before this. <laughs> we also meet Thomas Elliot at this party. He's an old friend of Bruce's, and he's a doctor. Um, and he's... I was expecting him to be a lot more significant than he is, and I, that's another thing that I'll get to... Uh, we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Selena is voiced by Jennifer Morrison of Once Upon a Time fame. Uh, she's also in Warrior, a movie that I love. Um, and... Thomas Elliot is voiced by someone that I don't know, so I didn't I didn't really pay attention to that. Uh, but we Batman, Bruce has to leave the party because Bane has kidnapped a kid and he wants a ransom. Uh, he's in the Bane in this is kind of like a mix of the comic Bane, and then the Dark Knight Rises Bane, like in appearance. He's got like the kind of the voice and the face mask that like. Tom Hardy has, but then he's got his normal mask and his normal outfit. I also don't like that he's a bit of an idiot in this, and he's not at all cunning. It's 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 a mistake a lot of the writers make with Bane. They kind of explain that away, though. But yeah, they do. Alfred even makes the point where he's like, Bane is usually much more eloquent than this, so you know something is afoot. Uh, there's a mystery afoot, and Bane's being weird. One of the things, though... Uh, in the, this was the first major change uh, from the comic. In the comic, it's Killer Croc who plays this role, which is why it makes a lot more sense that he's being dumb and weird. I don't really know why they decided to take out Killer Croc and put in Bane, but okay. Uh, we see Lady Shiva is watching from the shadows too as Batman takes down Bane. And then Jim Gordon comes in and I don't want to complain again but i don't like his voice in this i don't he does not fit jim gordon whoever's voicing him in this and it like it took me out for a second i was like what the heck 
He's like they the Jim Gordon in this looks like he's in his forties or fifties, but he sounds like he's like twenty. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing. But uh anyway, Selena comes by while Bruce is fighting Batman or Bruce <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> while Bruce is fighting Bane and she steals the uh the ransom money for the, the kid. And uh while Batman is chasing her, he gets sniped out of the sky and he goes splat on the ground. Uh we see that Hush shot him and then it goes title card. So that has to be one of the most impressive shots I've ever seen. Ever. Yep. He hushed like from like four blocks away, shoots bat like the fact that he was even in the right building to make that happen is impressive enough. But like he literally shoots the grapple line as he's swinging from it with a sniper rifle from like four blocks away. That's yep. That is insane. It's very impressive. <laughs> but yeah, so after the title card, we get a nice little touch of like some crooks find Batman's like broken body <laughs> on the street. And uh, one of them tries to take his mask off and it like electrocutes him, which is a fun touch that, uh, if I remember correctly, happens in one of the Arkham ones. And it happens in, in, in the Dark Knight as well. Yeah. When the Joker sends one of the goons to take his mask off and it shocks him. He's like... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's always fun. I like seeing it. But uh, Catwoman comes and saves them, and she beats them up after they threaten to rape her, <laughs> which is yikes. Uh, but then also Batgirl shows up, and she tries to fight Catwoman. So, like, is it the only reason Batgirl was introduced for this random moment that she's in the movie? <laughs> like, yes. Yes, it is. But, yeah, at this point, I was, like, I, at this point, I, I talked about how, like, I didn't... I don't know how I feel about Jennifer Morrison's performance in this, it feels like oddly stiff and and not like not really any emotion comes across it gets better later but especially early on i was like i don't i don't know if you're doing too great under this but i guess maybe it was an acting choice uh because we learn very soon after that catwoman is under poison ivy's control and that she stole the money for her um control with some quotations cuz you can like she's obviously you can tell she's resisting it yeah but then we learn shortly after that that uh, Ivy is working with Hush. And uh, he gives her some kryptonite for something that we get to see in a little bit. Uh, Ivy in this, though, is, is voiced by Peyton List, who is an actress I know for many things. Uh, she was in Smallville as Lucy Lane. She's in oh, okay. The Flash as Lisa Snart. Uh, she was in The Tomorrow People, a show I loved, as Kara. And then, of course, uh, she's the third Poison Ivy actress in Gotham. So <laughs> they have three Poison Ivies? They've got three Poison Ivy actresses. It's, it's all the same characters, just different actresses. Oh, uh, okay. Which you'll, you'll see. Um, I like that they tried to... Toot. So after Bruce falls and gets hurt, uh, he gets a new costume. And they use this new costume having more padding as a reason like to give him his more comic accurate suit which i liked i liked that they tried to give like an in-movie reason because in the comic he his suit is the blue cape and cowl and the gray outfit uh so they're like we, we should give him that outfit for this movie and they came up with a reason to do it and i appreciated that yeah i really liked that uh i really liked the blue 
blue and gray suit. It's, a, it's refreshing that it's not always the black, the black and gray. Yeah, I think he also had his underoos in this, but I, I can't remember. Uh, but Bane, I guess, escapes somehow, and then he gets caught again, and Bruce and Selina do the nasty. And uh, we learn at this point that Ivy's in Metropolis. Three guesses as to why, <laughs> since we saw Hush give Ivy kryptonite. Uh, we get a scene where Bruce goes to see Clark and Lois. And then Batman goes to see Lex. Uh, I like Clark's voice actor. Uh, Lois is weirdly gruff. And I don't like Lex's at all, which is weird because Lex is voiced by Rain Wilson from The Office. <laughs> He reminded. She said him more like the Joker than like from uh, Bat, the Dark Knight Returns to me. Like they sounded similar. Yeah, and it was like weirdly high pitched, and I, I don't really know what he was going for. But um, we get a line here, here where Lex talks about how he saved them all from Cyborg Superman, and is a Justice League member now, which I guess is something we missed in the many movies we didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I I was watching that. I'm like, what the hell happened? Why would you guys ever trust him to be a part of your Justice League? That makes no sense. Yeah, I feel like it must have been in Death of Superman because they redid those movies. So something oh, must have happened smokes. there, but I don't know. Um, yeah, and Lois is is voiced by the original Mystique from the X Men movies, who does like an okay job, I guess. <laughs> But we get a fight scene between Ivy and Catwoman, which Batman interrupts, and then Superman interrupts the interruption, and we learn that he's being controlled by Ivy. Uh, you can tell that this is new 52-based, because Superman ain't got no panties on. He's just wearing the solid blue. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate the panties being gone, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Um I also very much like here that before Batman fights Superman, he admits, he like he straight up says, if Superman wanted us dead, we'd be dead. <laughs> uh, but he says that deep down, Superman's a good person, so he would never do it. And that deep down, Batman is not a good person, so he'll do what he has to to win. Um, yeah. That's something I liked. Uh, we also, like, further hints of that is we see Superman fighting the control, like, even before anything happens he's trying to fight it and he finally breaks free from it once uh, Catwoman pushes Lois off a roof <laughs> super good move yeah it was smart uh, and then Bruce and Selina do the nasty again while Hush watches uh, there's a lot of doing the nasty in this movie <laughs> and then we finally get Damien's cameo before Bruce goes on a date his cameo in this movie was amazing. I finally like his voice here. Now that the, the actor's voice has matured a bit, he, sl- he sounds so much better. And I love when he calls Selena a trollop. <laughs> yeah. And, Trollops and harlots. He loves, he loves calling people that. Yeah, and I want to know when he, gets, when he got Titus. Like, what movie he got Titus in. Because I love Titus. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember him getting Titus. It, uh... I loved how he's like Bruce is obviously doing stuff in the background and you can still hear Damien talking like giving him basically relationship advice because that's what a lot of the movie is too is the people watching Bruce get closer to Selena and how that kind of relationship is building and everyone's kind of like happy for him and everything 
and then Damien and this phone call is just like, you know, be sure to use protection and, you know, also cover your drink up, which is hilarious because that's basically how Damien was conceived. Yeah. <laughs> well, he even points that out, too. He's like, your history with women, like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, no, I enjoyed it. I, I, it makes me want to go watch uh, some of the other Teen Titan movies he was in. Because if, the, if like, I avoided it because I didn't like his voice. But if this is what he sounds like now, like, he sounds like he's acting better and his voice is, is deeper. So, like, I actually don't mind it. <laughs> well, here, one sec, because I was concerned. Uh, let me see here. No, yeah, it's the same voice actor. Oh, yeah, it's still him. He's He's done all of them, so... The only one I've seen uh, that he did was Justice League versus Teen Titans. I've not watched uh, Judas Contract, and I've not watched Apocalypse War, so those are the only two I haven't seen that he's done. Yeah, it looks like Apocalypse War is the newest one he would have done. Yeah. Well, that came out this year, too. Hmm. Yeah, but that's uh, that's cool. I'm finally happy that I'm on board. So... <laughs> Uh, we then see that Harley Quinn is in this, but she's not voiced by Tara Strong, which is weird, because Tara Strong is in this movie as someone else. Like what? What? Yeah. It's is very... there a reason for that? <laughs> I have no idea, but this Harley sounds like an impression of an impression. Because like you know that Tara Strong's Harley is mostly an impression of Arlene, Arlene Sorkin's. Hmm. Is that her name, Arlene Sork? I think that's her name. Yeah, Arlene Sorkin. Uh, so it's an impression of her, who she was the original. But then this one sounds like it's an impression of Tara's impression, and it's not great. Like, sometimes it's okay, but for the most part, it's not, it's not that great. You know, the saving grace of this movie is that there's so many villains showcased, and so many characters briefly running in and out of the story. You don't have to put up with anybody's acting for too long. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, we do get a nice touch of when Bruce and Selena are on their date. We see that Bruce has a cat, or Bruce. <laughs> Selena has a cat named Eartha, after Eartha Kitt, uh, the second Catwoman actress. They go to the opera, which seems like a really boring date. And then uh, Harley attacks the opera, and Bruce goes outside as Batman. And then we see that... Thomas Elliot is dead via gunshot wound to the head and the Joker's there holding a gun laughing um, the Joker in this is, is voiced by Jason Spisak if that's how you say his name I, don't, I like him like as an actor um, he, he's the voice of Wally West in Young Justice so I, like, I really like him but he's not a great Joker even though as you said we don't see a lot of him his Joker's not that good. He's got a decent laugh, though. I thought his his laugh was pretty good. Yeah, like, uh... He's only in it for, like, that one alley scene, and it, like, for what he what he has to work with, I thought he did a good job. I don't know if he's, like, a uh, an actor that's used frequently for Joker-related stuff, but... Um, I don't think he's ever... As far as I know, I don't think he's ever done the Joker... Oh, there you go. Like, as far as that's concerned, I think he did a good job. Oh yeah, he's definitely better than Michael Emerson. So, <laughs> yeah, that's still the low bar. Um, but he he is in another scene. He said that when we go to Arkham. He's also there. 
So he, he probably has like three minutes of screen time, maybe four. Ooh. But we learned during this scene that uh, the Joker has been set up by Hush to make it look like the Joker killed Thomas Elliot. And Batman gives him like a massive beating and then almost kills him. Yeah. It feels yeah, he does. really weird that Batman's about to break his code and kill the Joker for killing Thomas Elliot, but like I guess Jason doesn't exist in this universe and Barbara hasn't been shot yet. So this might be the worst thing he's done, but it, it's weird. Like it feels again unearned. Yeah, I was really grabbing onto like um like he over the course of a few uh, scenes. He's like reconnecting with Thomas Elliot, and then he's like, "I want to be a better friend. Like I will try." And then all of a sudden, like he sees him, they go out and hang out, and then he's killed like immediately after. So like for him, he's probably like extra ticked off because that friend, that relationship he said he was going to help build on, he didn't because he clearly just got immediately killed by the Joker. Yeah. And I feel, too, like they tried to show that it, it was him going out of a side door into an alley outside in the opera house. So I feel like they were trying to make that connection of his parents dying, of course, again. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, so I think maybe that played a role in it. But even in the comic, it didn't make sense to me. Because this, at this point in the comic, he would have shot Barbara. He would have killed Jason. But killing Thomas Elliot was the thing that did it. Yeah, and one thing, maybe I've missed this, but when Bruce fell, like he was shot out of the air by Thomas Elliot and he's in the hospital. Or sorry, he was shot out of the air by Hush and then uh, he wakes up in the hospital and like he's like, hey, yeah, you're fine, blah, 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 blah. And he leaves that room like Thomas Elliot walks out of the room after talking to Bruce, he actually has like a menacing grin on his face. Like he's the one you got to be looking out for, right? Yeah. But he dies. He dies here. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> I'll get, oh, trust me, I'll get to that. <laughs> uh, the, but then also too, so this is all weird. And then when Joker's getting arrested by Gordon, he makes a joke. He says, who is Robin these days? I loved that. But it that it doesn't make any sense. It only works if he killed Jason. But it's just like we, we pointed out in Son of Batman and in Batman vs. Robin, they made it very clear that there was only one Robin, and it was Dick. And then Damien would have been the second. So the joke makes no sense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, in the I comic, it makes I, I wasn't thinking about it too much. I just feel like, yeah, that's that's actually really funny. Well, maybe because we were just, like, maybe it's because we were just talking about, we just did those movies, like, a couple hours ago when we were talking about how they point out that there's only been two Robins, that, I, that it was at the top of my mind, but I was like, you've made it clear that there is only one, <laughs> and then Damien, <laughs> and Joker probably doesn't know about Damien, because Damien was there for two months, and then he left, like... But anyway, um, in the comic it made sense because at this at that point two Robins had died. There'd been four or five different Robins, like so it it made more sense that joke. And then this in this it was just weird. <laughs> but not much happens 
after this part for a few minutes. Uh, it's Riddler gets taken by Bruce, but then Bruce confronts Hush. So, which is weird. Uh, Hush scares Bruce, so he goes to see Selina, and he's like, "I'm Batman." And then they do the nasty again. <laughs> And then we get a montage of them working together to take down some villains and stuff. And they go on dates and, and stuff. And then they do the nasty again. <laughs> it's all very sweet and whatever, but it's too much in one movie. I like seeing Bruce and Love. Leave them alone. Sure. But, like, and I know it's a part of the comic book. because Mainly because of what happens to her in the Hush storyline, ultimately. But... Like, come on, focus on the actual villain of the movie. We've had yeah. two scenes with Hush to this point, and the movie's almost done. Like, I feel like it isn't too much to ask to get them to focus on their main storyline for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it is. It's way too much, man. Okay. Well, uh, the montage ends, and then Bruce, as Batman, is summoned to Thomas Elliot's office, and we learn that whoever broke into the office has an inoperable brain tumor. Uh, Bruce assumes it's Hush, so him and Gordon go to Arkham to try to investigate, I guess, while Selina and Dick go on patrol together. Uh, they find that Elliot has been grave-napped, and then they are attacked by Scarecrow. Dick cowers like in front of him, which is really weird, because like you'd think at this point Dick would be fairly used to the fear toxin like all these movies really don't like making dick seem impressive <laughs> no they really don't man that's the thing they really treat him like a, a joke <laughs> a joke i hate it like he gets beaten up by scarecrow and then can't even handle the toxin like it's it's bad yeah so he gets sent back to the cave in the batmobile and uh selena who is by herself now, gets captured by Hush. Uh, so we learn pretty much right here when uh, Bruce and Gordon go to Arkham, we learn that the Riddler is the one who has the brain tumor. And after Thomas Elliot failed to fix him, the Riddler took a dip in the Lazarus pit, which fixed his brain tumor, but also made him realize that Batman was Bruce Wayne. And he decided to come up with a new way to beat Bruce Wayne, so he becomes Hush. And he tells Batman how he became Hush and how he set this all up. And then, surprise, surprise, Riddler isn't actually in Arkham. The whole time it's been Clayface. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a side point, but we see that the Joker is just in general population in Arkham. And he has a gate that he could reach through. They would never allow that. <laughs> Homie would be in like the tightest security possible. <laughs> yeah, he'd be in a straight jacket in a completely padded room. Yeah. Uh, but Joker also says the ass word here and uh, is upset that Batman's ignoring him and they have a little tiff. And then we find out that Riddler has Catwoman and that he's going to kill her. But Bruce shows up and they tussle. And then uh, Catwoman kind of kills the joke, or kills the Riddler, sorry, uh, by dropping him in, into, like, an explosion thing. It was not super clear what he was dropped into. But uh, 
Bruce is mad and he says like kind of the line behind his code that is if someone can be saved he has to try and she's like well that's dumb so he dumps her he's like I dump your ass and, and kicked her to the curb and the movie ends here <laughs> yeah um there's a lot to be said yeah from like how the hush thing went down because I have not finished that story yet either and i was under the impression that thomas elliott is hush and (laughs) he's the person doing everything it's not like this riddler crap that's on the go yeah well so Um, so this is going to spoil it for you a bit (laughs) if you've not finished it but it's a 14 year old comic book storyline so keep up uh (laughs) this movie is is quite different than the comic like quite like when they say loosely based they mean it uh in the comic yeah the riddler is the ultimate ultimate mastermind behind the plan but thomas elliott is hush thomas elliott does do the like he's he's like as part of this plan as he as like they're partners essentially and he was kind of like manipulated a bit by the riddler and what he was doing but he was just as prevalent in all of this and he was hush and he was the one who kidnapped um, he was the one who kidnapped Catwoman and all this stuff. So they completely took that away from him <laughs> and just killed him. Also, Clayface was involved in the comic, but in the comic, Clayface was pretending to be the resurrected Jason Todd. And this was before the Red Hood storyline and Jason's like actual resurrection. I don't mm. really know why they decided to change the story and have Riddler be hushed the whole time and just kill Jason Elliott or Jason Elliott gosh <laughs> Thomas Elliott <laughs> it's it's almost midnight for me people I apologize <laughs> <laughs> I figured maybe it was to try to keep the mystery going on for a little longer and then of course they removed Jason because Jason doesn't exist in this universe so they couldn't they couldn't do that um but yeah I I don't know why they changed it, but I feel like the movie lost a lot of impact on the Hush storyline because the thing that made the Hush storyline so impactful was the Jason connection and it was the Thomas Elliott connection because this is someone that he was friends with since he was a child. Yeah. Coming to try to destroy everything that he has. Like, when you take those two things out, it's, it's just another random villain like incident that he solves in a lot of ways it's worse because um you're taking a a character that on the surface is really cool and impressive to kind of manipulate all these other villains superman knows all this stuff about batman and then it's just like oh yeah it's the riddler it's just like come on well, so so the thing that they got right was that the Riddler had an inoperable brain tumor. He went to to uh, Thomas Elliot to get it fixed. Thomas Elliot couldn't fix it, so he went into the Lazarus pit. Uh, except he snuck his way in, so they didn't know that he did it. And he discovered that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and he decided that the best way to get back at Bruce Wayne for like toying with him because he he felt like he was slighted was to take someone that he was close to and, like, corrupt him and turn him against him, which is why he went to Thomas Elliot and Thomas Elliot became Hush. 
Hmm. But I I feel like just making it where like it's a random Riddler thing, it takes it all away. Like what? Why they they never do a good job of explaining why the Riddler had to become Tom or become the Hush to do any of this plan. Yeah, and the other thing that makes it a little weird is like, um, again, it like they had Hush very clearly at the start. Like I said, in like that hotel or hospital room, he seems a lot more menacing than he ends up being, and it's just kind of just like, Meh. okay completely undelivered like you didn't deliver anything on this it's just i'm just supposed to accept that this is what it is and we're just moving on from here yeah it's it's very strange and i don't i i honestly i don't know what they were thinking i, I was very disappointed <laughs> the only thing i can think of is that they were like okay the hush storyline is probably one of the most popular like runs we've had come out in the last handful of years at least that's from what i've gathered so far uh, because you get like a full rogues gallery, you get a cool new villain, you get all this stuff, but then like everyone's going to expect this twist. Let's do something slightly different. Yeah, but like like I said, it, when you change it, it loses its impact. Yeah, they but, might not think that. Well, then they're stupid. <laughs> Man, we just watched four movies, and a common issue we've had across all of them is they've crammed too much crap into one movie. I don't think they've learned their lessons. Well, yeah, the only thing I could think of, like, I wrote down, like, I was trying to think why they could have changed this and why they didn't focus on Hush, excuse me, very much. And the only thing I could think of is that they decided that they wanted to spend more time on the romance. <clears throat> and the Hush thing was, like, a side storyline. Mm. So maybe they felt it wasn't as important. But, like... It's so dumb. <laughs> Which is weird, because, like, the movie is actually okay. Like, it's actually yeah. a decent movie. And then they just ruin it. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of really good quality stuff in here. Like, you get some Batman v Superman. You get, like, a, um, you know, some brief but cool Joker-Batman interactions. Hush is a really impressive villain. As from what you can get from them. Um, you get really everybody. The thing I... Why was Lady Shiva in this? So she's part of the League of Assassins, and the point about the comic that's that's a big deal is that uh, the Riddler snuck in and he used the Lazarus Pit, and so the League of Assassins like, who the heck used our Lazarus Pit? Uh, and that's what she was here for too, but then Riddler says later in the movie that he was allowed to use the Lazarus Pit, so they made it kind of pointless. But, like, when Shiva showed up, I, I felt like all she said was, I just wanted to see you work. No, she said it was a pleasure to see you work, but she she approached him to find to, to let him know that someone used the Lazarus oh, Pit, and she, okay. wanted, she wanted help finding out who. An email would have worked. Yeah, but I don't think she's got a computer. <laughs> Well, she must have something. She was able to find Batman. Yeah, she's got assassins. <laughs> well, then one of them has a computer. Send him an email. No, assassins don't need computers. 
Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know why they why they did it. It was very strange and very weird. Um <laughs> Like Hush Hush is he's fairly important. Like he's in Gotham, he's in Batwoman, like and they even do but they do better jobs with him there. But instead they, they decided to do this weird thing. <laughs> I like I was thinking back when the um like the new Batman movie comes out, like the trailer, you see like that character with like the taped up face, the big trench coat. I made that comment. Uh I don't know when we talked about it, but I made a comment about how like I, I think it'd be cool if you know that was hush. But now but because I see like how this movie took hush and it was also kind of like a riddler thing i kind of wonder if they're gonna pull the same thing for that movie well that that is that is the riddler they they have said that but he looks very hushy yeah but it is it is the riddler (laughs) he just hasn't sorted out his costume yet (laughs) well do you think maybe they would because of how similar that kind of is that they'd maybe combine the two i sincerely hope not (laughs) i sincerely hope not uh, in this, it's just because he's a serial killer and he's trying to like mask his appearance, and he doesn't have his costume worked out yet. Because they're going for like a more, I think they're going for more like a realistic, gritty approach, kind of like the uh, the Dark Knight. So they're not gonna have him in like a onesie with question marks on it. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's the Riddler. I, I I thought it like I assumed it was gonna be Calendar Man or something, but. They they have come out and said that that is the Riddler. So, I'd really like to see more uh, uh, villains like that. Like, give me some more Mad Hatter. Give me some like, um, uh, what is it? Give me Mad Hatter, Calendar Man. Like, give me something like that. Give me some really quality, some high quality D listers and make it really good. Well, like, I, I don't even I don't even mind the Riddler. Like, give me a good movie with the Riddler, where he's not a joke. Because like, he's supposed to be the smartest person alive. Like, <laughs> let him actually show that. Which is, I th- I think that's another thing that this movie did wrong, is they made him into a physical threat. Where that's not what the Riddler is. Yeah, it it makes it kind of pointless. Um. Do you think that um, he's a, he can stand alone? Like, cause I haven't seen anything myself. I don't even know if there's any good comics out there where like the Riddler is the main villain and he's a standout. You know? Oh, he's like, a well. It's a different thing, but he's a standout in Gotham. The, oh, okay. The Riddler is a standout in Gotham. He's he's great. The guy who plays him. Um, as as weird of a movie it is, also like the Riddler is decent in Batman Forever. Like Jim Carrey, okay. Jim carried a little too hard, and then, <laughs> but there was like there was potential there. Um, I've not read many books with the Riddler in it, to be honest. No, um, no I I can't think of anything that stands out in my mind. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't really think of anything. Like he is kind of D-list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. 
I don't know how he's as uh, like he's been used fairly often. Well, but the thing too is in a lot of the things he's used in, he is a joke. <laughs> like, yeah, like he's not a threat in the Arkham games. He's just annoying. And then you go once you do all of his stupid puzzles, you go and you just punch him once. Like, I wonder if um, they could do a movie with him where he's like I think Riddler and Court of Owls would be a really cool movie. You know, like yes, it might sound like a bit much, but maybe you know the riddle of who is the Court of Owls. Yeah, that's really ins- that's the only way I'd be okay with it is if this first movie is is like the Riddler's doing his thing and he's also trying to like leave clues and, and riddles about who the Court of Owls is. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, like, cause I, I think I said this to you before, I want the end of the movie to be Batman gets him. Like he's caught. And then like the, like the end scene or a post credit scene will be the Riddler in prison. And then a Talon comes after him. Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool. Or something like, don't like maybe hint at them a bit, but like leave it until uh like let the court of owls be a separate movie <laughs> yeah. But yeah yeah i'd be cool with that that's the only like I, I see him as a really good supporting uh supporting villain not a unfortunately a main well it's i think I, he'll be interesting in this because um they're comparing him to the zodiac killer and i don't know if you've watched that movie uh but it's great and like it it's based on like real life stuff, so it's a little disturbing, but it's still a great movie. Um, where he's just like, you you like you see this guy just leaving riddles and like taunting you to like, come find me before I kill again. Like it, it's yeah. I feel like it's the perfect kind of like detect villain for this first detective story. Like I feel like this movie will be like he's young, like Batman will be young and brutal but he needs to like refine his detective skills and that and that Riddler will give him his chance to do that I feel like yeah I'd like to see that um, hopefully hopefully it delivers yeah well that's that's what they seem to be say, saying they're doing but um, I've got faith in, faith in Matt Reeves like he his Planet of the Apes movies are phenomenal like um I like Pattinson. I know a lot of people don't, but I, I love the dude, so I, I'm I'm down for it. I've been very satisfied by his work um, that I've stopped and like gone to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been really happy with it so far. But yeah, like Matt Reeves did Cloverfield, which people apparently loved. I've never seen it, but a lot of people love that movie. Let Me In is one of the like the one of apparently one of the better horror movies in the last like 20 years. Then he did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, both incredible movies. And then now he's doing this. Like I'm, I, I have faith in the man. So, well, that's as good of a. That's probably one of the best compliments a guy can get, is when you give them their your sign of approval. But yeah, the only thing, like I guess, like it, it's all just going to be can he write a uh, a Batman movie? <laughs> it's the question. <laughs> Well, he's the director. Is he's not writing as oh, well? He, is he? Yeah, he wrote it. Uh, he well, he co-wrote it. Oh, okay. But yeah, he wrote it. He he directed. He's writing and he's producing it. 
So, wow. like, everything that Ben Affleck <laughs> was supposed to be doing for like, his own... Like, because Ben Affleck was supposed to do everything. Ben Affleck stepped down as writer and director, and he was only going to star in it. And then he stepped down as star. So Matt Reeves stepped in to do everything except star in it. <laughs> it's, uh... I'm still disappointed about that, man. I'm not so much. I'm fine with it. Unless we were getting, like, a Red Hood movie, I don't really... I'm, I'm, I'm okay with not seeing that. As much as I like Ben Affleck's films that he does himself, I'm yeah. fine with it. <laughs> Well, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm just like, it's a missed, one of the things I hate about movies, especially like superhero type movies, is missed opportunities, and I'm like, now all I can think about when you look back on uh, Batflix movies is like, you're always going to be like, yeah, he was going to have his own standalone movie, and it might have been really cool, but you're never going to see it, I'm going to keep holding on to that, I'm like, man, why did you have to back out, like just do the movie, it's like House of Cards. <laughs> like, House of Cards was amazing until, like, the last season, and then all of a sudden, it dropped. And I'm always going to be wondering, man. Well, I mean, it dropped for, for a fairly good reason. <laughs> it did, but I'm always going to be in the back of my mind. I'm like, man, Kevin Spacey, if he just had that one season more, it would have been nice. But I, yeah, I know, I get it. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, just don't be a dirtbag. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's odd. Um, but yeah, that's that's all these movies. I don't know uh, if you had any ideas of what you wanted to do to do next, or if you wanted to talk about that later. But I would love for you to come back because it's much better to have someone to bounce off of, especially my friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I have I have ideas Ooh. for some stuff. I like ideas. I don't. Yeah, maybe some video game related conversations, Star Wars conversations. Oh, I'm all about this. I'm all about the wars, my guy. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, I've obviously I've been watching The Mandalorian along, like same as everybody else, and I know you and I have had conversations in the past about like um, our ideal like movie trilogies and stories and stuff we'd love to see be made and how things could be handled differently and I don't know, those could be cool little talks yeah no that's I'm, I'm down for all of this <laughs> I like it cool well we'll definitely revisit it yes so thank you everyone for for coming along to our final for now Batman episode there might be more down the line who knows but uh, that's it for now Ta. <laughs> Ta-da.